This is our seventh session now on 1 Thessalonians 2, 5-8. I think it's our last session on this unit. I wrote a book once called Why I Love the Apostle Paul, and as we focus on verse 8, you're going to see one of the glimpses that moves me very deeply. It makes me want to be a certain kind of person, a certain kind of husband, a certain kind of pastor, friend. We were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. We saw that last time. And in this way, in other words, he's carrying forward this imagery of being a nursing mother. In this way, and then he has three very emotion-laden words, maybe more, being affectionately desirous of you. And that's a word for a strong emotional longing. So Paul felt for them a deep longing, a longing that we're going to see is not only that they hear and believe the gospel, but that they receive his own soul as a precious friend. In this way, being affectionately desirous of you, we, here's the second one, were pleased. So when you have certain longings, it affects the things that please you. Some things become displeasing to you, some things become pleasing to you because of the kind of affectionate desires that you have. What became pleasing to him with these kind of spiritual desires was this. We were pleased to share with you two things. Not only the gospel of God, but also our own souls or our own selves, literally souls. That's simply astonishing. This is the most powerful spiritual person in the kingdom of God in that century. He spent a few weeks with folks in Thessalonica, and there has welled up inside of him affections, desires, longings, which have shaped what pleases him to the degree that it would make him so glad, so pleased, if he could give his soul to them. That's amazing. And then he says, and I think this is a restatement of what it means to be pleased by and desire, because you were loved by us. And this love here, of course, is not just love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. No, 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 no. This is a deep, special, personal, affectionate, being pleased kind of love. And that's why I think it, it basically sums up what he means by affectionate desire and being pleased. Because you were loved by us, therefore we wanted you to have the gospel, the best news in the world, but we didn't want you to accept the gospel and go your merry way. 
we wanted you to accept the gospel and linger in our presence long enough for us to share with you our very souls. What an amazing person he was. He was the greatest theologian that ever was. I guess after Jesus. <laughs> but oh, what a powerful intellect. And here he is with people he's only known a few weeks, and he longs to share his soul with them. And you know what happened? Let me read it to you. This is 2 Corinthians 8, 1-5. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace that, was, that has been given to us among the churches of Macedonia. Now that's Philippi, Thessalonica, and Berea. All right? Those are the places we know from Acts that in Macedonia, Paul planted churches. So the churches, the, the, what we're reading here is how the Thessalonians, among others, responded to Paul. In a severe test of affliction, we know about that, we've seen that, they believed and received the word in much affliction. Their abundance of joy, we've seen that, joy in the Holy Spirit, and their extreme poverty, that's news, have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, no arm twisting, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. So Paul is collecting money for the relief of the poor in Jerusalem. And when the Thessalonians, who are these baby Christians, hear about it, they beg, can we give some more? Can we give? And then, and this they did, this begging us for the favor of uh, this generosity, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then, by the will of God, to us. Oh, my. I don't know whether this came before Paul's giving his soul to them, or whether Paul gave his soul to them, and they could see Paul opening his very heart to them, laying bare his very soul and the deepest things conversing with them as precious, close soulmates, maybe that's what released them to give themselves not only to the Lord, but to us. They gave themselves. They gave themselves to the Lord. They gave themselves to Paul. Then they gave their money to the cause. Amazing. This, I think, is what Hebrews is getting at when it says, Obey your leaders. So Paul was a leader. Pastors are leaders. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account for your soul. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. How do you do that? How do you enable your pastor to carry your soul on his heart 
with joy? Here's what I think is the answer in 2 Corinthians. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians. Our heart is wide open. This is Paul now, again, offering his very soul. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you're restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children. (laughs) Widen your hearts also. In other words, open yourself to us. I think this is what would make pastoring joyful, as if there was a relationship between pastor and people where souls were being shared. And I don't just mean in personal, private counseling conversation where you hear hard things. I mean, in the pulpit, in casual conversation, there is authenticity through and through, no posing, no artificiality, no performances. Everybody's real. Now, how did that happen here? Because something astonishing, I think, of a miraculous kind was going on as Paul shared his own soul. And here's what I think was happening. One more text. Philippians 1. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So Paul feels the same confidence about the Philippians, which is one of those Macedonian churches, as he does about the Thessalonians, whom back in chapter 1, verses 3 following, he said, we know that you are elect. And the way we know you are elect is because the way your heart is opening to us and our heart is opening to you. It is right for me to feel this way about you. Okay, how does he say it is right for me to feel this confidence that God is going to bring to completion the work that he began? He says it's right for me to have this surety, this confidence. Why is it right? It is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all. Same kind of yearning as in Thessalonians. I yearn for you all with the affections of Jesus Christ. There it is. It is a miracle. This is not merely Paul yearning. It is Christ in Paul yearning. So, when we come back here and we see that longing and affectionate desires have risen up in Paul, that they have shaped what pleases him, what pleases him is that they have the gospel, all of it, for their eternal good and that he share himself. He wanted to, it would please him if he could share himself with them, his own soul. What's going on there is Christ is moving in the apostle. And these people can taste that Christ is in him and Christ is loving them through Paul, the way Christ really loves his own.